podcast. My name is Isaiah Phillips Akintola. I want to welcome you this afternoon to this beautiful um, session. Well, we began to look at a beautiful concept uh, for a while. Now we're dealing with the doctrine of the church, dealing with the doctrine of the church and the fellowship of the saints. And a couple of things we've established that I felt as giving us you know, some beautiful structure in terms of uh, uh, the framework of what God is requiring for this new day. But I felt led to go back to the beginning of this teaching because um, some of the things that we dealt with at the early stage of this teaching was not properly, uh, uh, you know, captured, you know, in terms of recording and you know, in some other way. So I, I felt there's a need for me to go back and um, relay the foundation properly, you know, for for one reason. The second reason being that, you know, we are trying to create a, um, a kind of, a you know, a, a profile where, you know, one can look at in the future, trying to create, you know, a, a material profile, a, um, a resource, you know, profile, that those who will be journeying in the future or will be coming into the, the things that the Spirit of the Lord is emphasizing in this day and in that day will at least have some point of, you know, reference that are not tainted, that are not uh, uh, captured by, you know, the lies and, and the falsehoods that are out there. So uh, this teaching basically is to help us to have that insight and understanding and layer and a resource of reference, you know, that one can go back into. <clears throat> Excuse me. Therefore, uh, I will go back to some of the things that we have said before, but I also believe that it will go beyond just some of the things that I've said before. It will add some more uh, body and, um, you know, insight and revelation, right? Uh, uh, the word of God is never the same. No matter how you preach the same word, you can never get the same way, all right? Because uh, the word of God is ever expanding. Truth is ever increasing. But I'm going to go back to, you know, the, the, the beginning. This is, this is th- thank, thank you, man of God, for joining, all right? This is the first, uh, um, or rather not the first, but, well, the first teaching I did, all right, on the concept of the doctrine of the church, all right, and the place of the fellowship of the saints, you know, some three weeks back, right? Like I said, those uh, uh, teachings were not properly captured, you know, on- online, and therefore we don't have a reference, we don't have them stored. So that's one of the main reasons why I'm going back to do this teaching, to kind of give us, you know, a foundation. But beyond just a foundation, give us the framework of what the Spirit of the Lord will have us understand in terms of uh, 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 preparing for what is coming. I believe that we are in a day where the Lord is redesigning, the Lord is uh, um, upscaling, empowering, rebuilding. Okay, we are in a day, in fact, we're in a day where the Bible says heaven is restoring the tabernacle of David, the falling tent of David. And if that is the case, which I believe it is, then we have to have, you know, a beautiful, clear perspective of that which God is restoring in our day so that we are not captured by another foreign spirit, another foreign, you know, idea and, and, and you know, what the Bible call, you know, uh, uh, you know, strange winds of doctrines that are blowing here and there. There's a lot of confusion, a lot of 
you know, misrepresentation and, and, and a false projection in terms of what church is, how church ought to be built, and what the Spirit of the Lord, amen, is, is doing within, within this church. Therefore, we have to, if God has given us insight, if the Father has given us the capacity as wise master builder, we have to go back and check, all right, what, what, what is taking place. And we have to cross, you know, cross check what we're seeing out there with the blueprint that has been given to us in the Word of God. And this is what I've been trying to do by the grace of God because the Father has given us blueprints. They've, they, they've given us, you know, templates. They've given us, uh, you know, uh, um, references to how to build in the days that we live in. And it is those references that are informing, all right, my, 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 my activity in terms of, you know, looking at what we're building. If what we are building is aligning with the will of God or what people are projecting to be the church out there. Because indeed, not every church, when I mean church, I'm talking about both structure and organization and denomination out there that people call church. Right? We, we know Jesus said, many will come in my name and they will do all kinds of things, even performing miracles. The Bible called them line wonders. We're going to be seeing all kinds of that, particularly in this day where all right, the activities of darkness are getting more sophisticated in terms of uh, 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 you know, infiltrating the things of the spirit. Okay, There are a lot of things that are happening right now that are being conjoined by you know, the spirit of the age, the Eastern, you know, religion, the Eastern spirit. So many things that are happening to the army. People are going to all kinds of places to get all kinds of dark powers, you know, you know, black powers, you know, all kinds of things are happening just to mimic the things of the spirit, just to mimic God, just to mimic, you know, what, what we, what we believe is authentic. So therefore, if we don't have the ability to to know the word of God and be able to say like Peter, this is that that has been written and have the capacity to reference that which we're seeing. Amen. The Bible says, if care is not taken, even the very elect will be deceived. So these are days of great deception, not just some little, you know, teeny weeny demonic, you know, activity. We're talking about high level satanic, you know, you know, uh, um, you know, uh, attack, you know, in position against the church and against the body of Christ. So let's not, let's not, uh, uh, be, be, be weak and let's not be naive in, in, in regards to the nature of the days that we're living. I for one as, as a reformer, the Lord has opened my eyes, the Lord has continued to give me you know, insight into this uh, 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 realities and into the nature of, of the days that we're living. So I, I mean, I will be I'll be out of line not to not to continue to awake the church. Okay, it is my calling amen, to sound the alarm, to sound the trumpet. <clears throat> And to bring the church to an awareness. The church cannot come to an awareness if there's no awakening. So one of the things that we're going to be seeing that the Lord is going to be using to awake the church is the power of precise apostolic teaching. That's one of the things, all right, that we're going to be seeing that God is going to be using. God is going to be emphasizing, all right? The days that we live in are days of the restoration of God. But the restoration of God back to his church are going to be coming in, 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 in layers of truth, all right? In, in, in layers of understanding. And one of the ways, all right, that God is coming in our day, amen, is through the ministry of his word, 
right? For those who do not have, you know, in an appetite for the word of God, who are just being captured by, you know, uh, uh, signs and wonder, and you're looking for some, you know, activity here and there, you know, it's going to be difficult for one to really be able to sit down and 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 journey with God and embrace that which the Spirit of the Lord is doing in this new day. So in this day of restoration, amen, God is restoring his word. Every time God wants to bring his, his, his presence and his glory, the first thing he does is he manifests himself through his word. So the word of God has to become something that we love, something we embrace, something we value more than any other thing. If we don't value the word, then we have no reference. The reason why a lot of people today are being deceived, multitude are being deceived, all right, is because those people do not have love for the word of God. They do not have passion for the word of God. So if you don't have a passion for God's word, if you don't have a love for the things of the spirit, guess what? You're already captured. Because obviously you have no reference. If, if you see somebody performing all kinds of things and doing all kinds of things and conjoining all kinds of concussion and, and, and giving to people in the name of God told me, how are you going to defend that? How are you going to stand? How are you be able to, you know, how, how would you be able to say, no, that, that's not God? A lot of things that are happening today, the reason why we see, you know, men of God, leaders, you know, being quiet is because they really don't know what God is saying or has said in his word regarding those things. And you who know what God has said, if you stand up to challenge, then they point a accusing finger at you, then you are the one they're going to stone. But guess what? We are not afraid of the stone. We are not afraid of the challenge. Amen. We want to be a custodians of, of the things of God, of the, of the, you know, of, of the, of the, of the, of the buildings of, of, of God for our day. We want to be able to stand and, and continue to push forth. Amen. The idea, the agendas of God, the prophetic counsel of God, all right, for the days that we live in. And for us to be able to do that, we must have a clear apostolic prophetic understanding, all right, of that which the Spirit of the Lord is, you know, is doing or what the Spirit of the Lord has given to us in terms of the written Word of God. I always say that, the, you know, the spoken Word of God or some revelation must be confirmed by the written Word of God. If, if, if we're not lovers of the written Word of God, whatever revelation we are, we are receiving or we are getting guess what can easily be hijacked by the paths of darkness and guess what the enemy that we're dealing with i mean he's been around for for for, for centuries he understand how things work by the spirit he understand if you're in the spirit or you're not he understands somebody who loves the, the things of god from somebody who is just playing games amen so these are days we've got to really be serious we've got to come to an understanding amen that we cannot go further in the things of god without us developing a quest a passion, a longing, a yearning, all right, for the word of God. The word of God must become that, 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 that which drives what we do, that which drives what we long for, that which drives amen, our passion and our objectives and motivation, our agendas, amen, our vision must be word-driven must be word driven so I want to welcome you once again everyone uh, so, so what we're tracking is all right, the, the doctrine of the church what are the doctrines of the church? What, what are we supposed to be looking for? What are we supposed to be, you know, uh, uh, aiming at? What, what are we searching for when we talk about the doctrine of the church? I think these are some important concepts. And I've explained this before. But, but, but let me just, you know, chip in one or two other words. Then I'm going to go into some points that I've, you know, uh, stated down. In fact, I'm going to be using some of my materials, you know, and highlighting some points there. Like I said before... 
because of the nature of the days that we live in and because of you know the 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 the, the activity of darkness it is important that the word of god sits as the template that defines what we represent meaning that we must have what i call doctrinal value system we must have doctrinal value system now doctrines are important in any in fact in any society what guides the values and the culture amen of such society or even a company amen it's it's, it's their vision all right, is their philosophy now? Now, the, the the vision of God and the philosophy of God, or if you will, the culture of the kingdom of God, are captured in the spirit of the doctrine that has been given to us. Now, you will understand that this nation has what is what is called a constitution. The constitution of this nation defines the doctrine of this nation. So, the doctrine defines, amen, the values, the parameters, all right, the, the framework of what we should do or, or of who we are as South Africans, all right, and what, you know, other nations should know about us in, in, in case they want to come here, all right, they should be able to say, uh, uh, they should be able to have an understanding that this and this and this and these and these are what, you know, the doctrine, excuse me, are what the, 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 the constitution of South Africa is. So, if you like it, fine, you can come stay but if you don't like it all right you're not allowed because if you break the if you break that uh, uh what do you call it you know that constitution you're gonna be what you're gonna be penalized so so doctrines are there to what to guide us doctrine are there to lead us to 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 give us the framework to give us you know if you will an objective a direction amen of of the leadership or of or of the value system that guides or that governs a society so the same with the word of God. God has given us, amen. If you, if you wouldn't, if you, if you, if you, if, if, I mean, excuse me, if you're, if you're following the scripture, you will notice that when, G, when the father brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, the first thing he does was to bring them to where? Mount Sinai. He brought them to Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai is the place of the giving of the law. Now the law is the, is the, is the doctrines of God. All right, the law defines the doctrines of God. Now listen to this. Most of when we talk about the, the law. Because of religion, all right, we have misinterpreted the law to the point where, all right, a lot of people have, have judged God based on those laws and say, well, this God must be wicked. Why would he say this? Why would he say, I mean, that is people who think from a humanistic point of view. If you have a humanistic point of view, you have, you know, what, what is called, you know, a humanist way of thinking, a democratic way of thinking. Guess what? You are not going to like, like anything called structure. Because that is the idea of the world system. They don't want structure. They want to break down, pull down, amen. Anything that defines structure. They want your child at the age of four or six, all right, to be having sex. That's what they want. That's what the world system wants. They want a situation where, all right, if you, if you don't like what is going on in your home, well, you can decide to break it up. You can decide to say, well, you go your way, I'll, I'll go my way. So anything that deals with order, that deals with structure, that deals with, you know, precept that deals with you know a, 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 a value system they want to collapse it that is the agenda of the humanist movement movement which are very real today and i tell you they are coming for the church in fact they're already in the church and you will notice that some of them are beginning to write their own bible all right they say well uh, authority should be given more to women as if god has never given authority to women as if the battle is between the man and the woman you, you see so when we when we allow ourselves to be captured by those negative 
narrative, all right, then, then, we, then we become a victim of that which God has given to us to safeguard us, to protect us. Every law that God gave to man, amen, was for the protection of man, was for the enhancement of man, wherefore, amen, the development of, of man. God never gave a law, amen, to, to, to kind of stifle and reduce and, and pull us down and, and keep us limited and put us in, as if we're in, in, in some cage. No. The Bible says everything about, about God, amen, is for freedom. Christ came to set us free, not to put us in bondage. So the law is not for bondage. The law, in fact, is for freedom. So what do I mean by this? The law was given, amen, to teach the children of Israel to know how to behave. All right? First of all, with, between themselves as neighbors. Secondly, to know how to approach God. Secondly, to know how to receive his blessing. Thirdly, to know how to be a blessing to their society. Amen. And to be a blessing to the, the world. If you check the entire law, which obviously there are more than 10, all right, the, the entire law, there are about 600, there are about, but, but you know, the collapse, the summary is the 10 commandments. Those 10 commandments, amen, are, are, are precepts, amen, that can guide any value system, any human being that abides, amen, by the value system. That's why Jesus, you know, summarized all right, the, the, even that Ten Commandment. He says, you see, this is the best of the law that if you will love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, amen, and you love your neighbor as yourself, guess what? You have fulfilled the entire law. I mean, any, any society that is, that is sane, practice preaches that any society that is progressive that you want development that you want crime out of you know you know the in out of your community you want you want you know uh, people to be educated to be you know to prosper i mean you will preach love your neighbor you see but then the narrative of the world system is no, because God said that they're they, they going to stand against it. Because the spirit backing, amen, their rejection about the things of God is an antichrist spirit. Because everything God says in his word, amen, are to protect us. They are to protect our family. They are to protect our property. They are to show and teach us how to live life, amen, in such a way that, amen, we, we all have, you know, uh, uh, that progressive, you know, commun- communal life and, and development. I mean, for goodness sake, if you're making so much money, but 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 there is an issue between you and your neighbor. Guess what? You're going to be having problem because uh, whatever you do, amen. There's going to be an antagonist, antagonistic spirit. So God is saying, this is how you this is how you must treat your neighbor. This is how you must talk to your neighbor. If you see your neighbor's uh, 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 cattle going astray, bring it back. What is it doing? It's teaching you something. You, in South Africa, they call it Ubuntu. I mean, that is our principle in the Word of God. But guess what? If you don't have the Spirit of God in you. You can't keep the law because it is the nature of the fallen man, amen, to be antagonistic, to be, you know, to be uh, 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 vengeful, to be rejected, you know, to, to fight, to be unforgiven. And you know all those things. So, so people cannot keep the law. They can't keep the law. The law was designed for them to protect them, to guide them, to instruct them, amen, to, 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 to empower them, to build them, to resource them. But they can't do it. So, so Jesus Christ came, amen, and, and show us how to live the life. But he didn't just come to show us how to live the life, amen. He empowered us by his spirit, amen. He said, this is not going to be done by might nor by power, amen. You cannot love by wish. I wish to love. I'm going to, I'm going to make up my mind. I tell you, that person you think you're loving, one day something is going to happen and that person is going to show you the other side and suddenly you're going to see the beast in you come out. I thought I loved this person. 
You see, because you've been trying to do it by your own power. Everything society is trying to teach us, every value system to society is trying to teach, oh, we must love each other. We want to bring the world together. It's a, it's a lie because it is not in the power of a man to do such. Only God can give us the ability and the grace, the wisdom and the knowledge, amen, to be able to freely love people without thinking of what I'm going to get out of it. Come on. Only God. So without God, we can't even fulfill, amen, the values of, of, you know, of a well-administrated life, the value of, of love and care, amen, and respect and dignity. We can't do that. So, so when we begin to deal with the concept of, amen, doctrine, you see, I was talking about doctrine that led me off to all that. You see, we've got to understand this thing is broad. Doctrine, amen, are the guiding line. They are the guiding values. They are the parameters. They are the structure, amen. They are, they are the structure that defines the four wall of whatever you want to build. If you want to build a house, guess what? You need to have what? A foundation. You get a piece of land, amen? The piece of land, amen, is measured out, alright? You can't build, you know, uh, uh, beyond or above, amen, that which you've bought. Come on, that, that would be trespass. You see, so, so we've got to understand that God has given us, yes, this piece of land, but he's, he, has also, he has also given us, amen, the materials and how to build, now we want to build at random. That's the problem. We want to build at random. We want to do our own thing. All right? We want to do it the way we feel. The, the children of Israel say, give us, give us leaders. Give us, give us a king. As, you know, as, as the other nations of God, the king. We, want, we also want a king. They, they, they refuse the leadership of God. They refuse the values of God. They feel God is too, is too a cake. No, no. They, they want to be like, you see, that is an issue of insecurity. But the, the, the point is God gave us, amen, a law. He gave us a doctrine to to help us to know how the how the how to live our life is it because the the, the 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 first and the most important aspect amen of of building you know what 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 we what we're defining as apostolic doctrine amen is to know the intent the the, the purpose why 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 has god given us a doctrine why has god given the church amen a value system why why has god defined how the church must be built why 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 didn't he just say you go build just do whatever you want to do no 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 you can't do whatever you want to do because god has an intention he has a plan that is there is a future objective that is there is a place amen that is called finish and everything that God is doing, amen, is towards that point called finish, amen. The church, amen, is moving towards a point of finish. And we know that that which the Lord established for the church, amen, at some point was hijacked by all kinds of religious spirit, by all kinds of, you know, satanic, you know, uh, imposition. But now we believe that God has brought us to a day of reawakening. I'm fast tracking now. God has brought us to a day of restoration, to a day of reawakening, a day of a day of reformation. Now, this reforming means that something, amen, became bent. Something went out of order. All right. If, if, if there's no moving out of life, there is no going out of joint. There won't be a need for reform. You see, you know, government today, they use the word reform. They want to reform the economy. They want to reform, you know, the social, you know, maybe the health sector. Um, reform, reform is important, amen, for you to be able to maintain the direction of, you know, your objective as, you know, as a nation, as a society, even as a family. Every time we need to come together and ask ourselves, what are we doing? Where are we going? All right. Are we on the right track? It's important that we track, amen, what we're doing. We track our progress so that if things are not working in in alignment to that which we you know we we've designed we we do what 
We reorder things. We reevaluate. Re now, now these are days where the Lord is saying, okay, guys, you've gone too far. You've done your own thing, but I am coming back. I'm restoring my church back. I'm restoring, I'm realigning, all right, my community, my nation back to the right order. And therefore, I am giving you this precept. I'm giving you this principle. I'm laying down this structure, this order, so that you can walk in it. But beyond that, if you go back to the word and begin to see how I let the church in the beginning in act of the apostle you begin to get the structure and idea of that which i desire because the pattern has not changed Re remember foundation don't change <laughs> foundation don't change so so what, what 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 i'm trying to do is to go back and search and relocate and find you know principles all right there is there's a material i wrote you know sometimes about called the ethos of the church the ethos of the church all right? If we don't understand what, what, what the ethos of the church is and means, okay, we will, we will, we will, we will, we will borrow pattern from, you know, foreign, you know, uh, uh, you know, foreign designers, okay? There are all kinds of, you know, design out there, okay? That are completely out of what God wants, all right? But because it looks nice, because it feels nice, uh, all right? Maybe it looks big, it looks massive, amen? It, it looks promising, it looks visible. And so we like it, then we borrow pattern. No, we cannot do that when it comes to the things of God, amen? Every house, amen? Bible says every house is built by a man, but God is the builder of all things. God is the builder of all things. So if God is the builder of all things, guess what? We've got to be able to find the pattern that he has chosen amen, for everything that he's building. If we're, good, if we're going to be co-builders, because that's what Paul said. He said we are co-builders with God. So if we're going to build with God, we must know what he's building. We must know the material to which he's building. We must know the objective and the vision amen, of his building so that we don't build a mist. Amen. We don't, Paul said, Amen. I, 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 you know, somebody lays the foundation. He said, he said, I lay the foundation. Somebody builds on it. He said, but we must be careful how we build on that foundation, lest we be found wanting. And so these are issues that we've got to consider. We've got to look at. We've got to understand the heart of God, the mind of God. Like I said, what are we doing? We are relaying, we are relaying the foundation. We are establishing, Amen, the principles and the patterns. We are, we are, we are relocating the values, Amen, that God, Amen, has given to his church the same value he gave to the church in the beginning amen is the same value is given to us as much as our our you know a unique concept of building amen in terms of context may may, may change all right because we live in the 21st century amen we, we don't live in the reality of the first 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 or second century this is the 21st century so in the 21st century amen how do we build in such a way that we do not lose the eternal value of God. We do not lose the same precept, the same idea, the same passion, the same grace, amen, the same material, if you will, that the first century church use and build it. This, these are important things that we've got to track, that we've got to understand, alright? So we can't say because we're in the 21st century, therefore, ah, uh, well, we don't need those things, that, you know, that Paul talked about. None of those things are of old. The word of God is eternal. The world of God never age. Amen. Jesus, amen, is the ageless God, is the eternal one. Amen. Is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In fact, the Bible says it's the same today, tomorrow, and forever. So, but then we have to understand, amen, in the context of the, the modern 
society that we live in, amen, how do we build the church of Christ? What are the emphasis? What, what are we supposed to be looking at? Obviously, that deals with the structure of our heart because the church is not just, you know, where we go, amen. In fact, in, in the book of Acts, we saw that the church that they built, amen, were within the home. It was a home system, amen. And before today, people are talking about the home church and, uh, you know, the cell church, you know, all that are just borrowed pattern, amen, from the organogram, from the principle, from the very intentions of God. And because the church was designed to be, amen, an habitation, a home. The church was never designed to be, you know, some club somewhere we go to on Sunday. That's not the church. For all I care, you can have a church on Saturday, you can have it on Wednesday or Thursday, amen. It's not the date, like, you know, Colossian told, you know, you know, you know, informs us, amen, that we, we, we who walk by the spirit, amen, don't live our life, amen, based on, you know, new moon, alright, and, 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 you know, all this funny concept, amen, that people are holding on to while they have left the head, Christ, amen. We don't want to major on the minor, we want to major on the major, we want to understand what is the essence of the church, and we know the essence of the church, amen, is for one thing, one, to advance the purposes of God, but the purposes of God cannot be advanced until first of all, we come into that concept of the communal life, that concept of oneness and and unity amen and 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 love for one another yes because church first must become a community all right the power and the authority of the church that is that that you know that is visible that will be visible out there starts in the place where amen we are all open amen we are all visible we are all you know uh, 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 Exposed, amen, to our to ourselves. So it's not a place where we lie to each other. It's not a place where we cover up. You see, the tr- the truth is, if we were if we're going to build church the way Christ ordained it and the way they built it, you know, in the first century, in terms of the values and the culture, then I tell you, there won't be an issue of dishonesty. There won't be an issue of lying and deceiving each other and coming to church and we're trying to impress each other. All right, this guy bought the latest car. Okay, he just got a nice dress. Okay, just go. no, we won't. Do do that because everything that defines amen the church amen is a power of community just quickly gonna tag pastor Olu. all right so pastor Olu, you've been tagged all right so it's about the power of community the power of community and i want to really track and trace this concept of community because i think it's important one of the things that we are losing so fast in fact that we have lost today in the church is the power of community now uh, um the last time that i was speaking i i made a point that i want to quickly you know rehearse again and then we're going to build build on that okay we're looking at the principle of apostolic community and the fellowship of the saints. That's what we're tracking. All right. And what I'm doing today is I'm trying to, you know, uh, uh, repeat the, the, if you will, the, the, you know, the first uh, teaching that we did, you know, some weeks back because uh, we couldn't track that. We couldn't, you know, track and, uh, and save, you know, that uh, um, teaching for some reason. But I believe that this will be tagged, all right, uh, part one. Even though we are done part six, so don't mind. This is just for record purpose. Okay. So now, now listen to this. Listen to this. We're, we're dealing with the doctrine of the church. All right. The doctrine of the church. 
the doctrine of apostolic community and the fellowship and the fellowship of the saints. That's what we're dealing with. All right. Now, listen, we made this statement sometimes back. I'm going to repeat them again because I think it's very profound in giving us a, a, a kind of an understanding amen, of, 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 of the church and how we grow, how we develop into what church is. We said we become part of the community of the saints through relationship. We become part of the saints. The moment you give your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, you are welcome into the fold. You are welcome into what? Into the fold. You are welcome into the fold. That fold that you're welcome into, amen, it's your first point of call for nurturing, for nurturing, for nurturing. You know, it's like a mother who gave birth to you, all right? The mother does what? Feed you. She feeds you. Amen. She feeds you. That is a place. And that feeding, that feeding, amen, deals with a relationship. I mean, if you look at a child that is being, you know, breastfed by the mother, I mean, you will see the eye, the eye of the child connect a fixative on the mother. That is not just some, you know, looking. There are, there are, there are, there are, there are things taking place. There are interactions beyond words, amen, between that mother and the child. There are things that you cannot begin to talk about. You can, in fact, you cannot begin to comprehend. I remember that some time ago I was reading some material, and you know there were signs. You know, some guys were talking about the things that transpire between, you know, just the, the, the child looking at the mother. All right, that there are even the issues of brain wave. Okay, that there's some information that has been communicated between, you know, the mother's brain and the child's brain. All right, all kinds of things that are taking place. Amen. You you, you talk about you know psychological development. You talk about you know spiritual impartation so many things just by feeding on the breast of the mother now these are things that ought to be established that we should know in terms of building that you know community of relationship now Jesus the Bible says the disciples of you know John they came to Jesus and said master where do you live Jesus said come I'll show you and for the first time we discovered that Jesus actually you know had a place that he lived and like I always say, I've always wondered how the house of Jesus, you know, really looked like. You know, I'm talking about the activity, you know, the kind of things that Jesus does in his house, all right? But we know that that is a place that is always, you know, uh, uh, filled with people, particularly the disciples. But just imagine Jesus in his house. I mean, I'm in my house today, you know, it's been raining in, in, in Franjuk, all right, and it's cold. So that's why I'm sitting close to the fire, all right? I've got my tea here. Now I like I like when we demystify the things of God. I like it. I mean, I'm not for one where you know everything has to be stage managed. I don't like anything that is being stage managed. I mean, what you see, this is me. This is what you see is what you get. This is me. I have nothing to hide. I have nothing to, you know, to to you know to you know to project. But I believe that is, that is how Jesus was. Because you see, if you walk with God to a certain level, you will begin to realize that there is no need to give a false impression. You, there's no need. Because most of the things that we do today are right in the name of church. Amen. Is basically giving a false impression. And when you give people a false impression, guess what? They will have false expectation. They will have false expectation. 
But when people, when people know who you are, they can see you for, listen, this doesn't take, the fact that you see me for who I am, amen, that you see my humanity does not mean that my dignity, amen, my spiritual uh, 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 dignity or my spiritual value or honor is at stake. No, I think that is the mistake that we've made in the church. That we think because if we present ourselves in, 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 in certain way, that people will chip in us, that people will look down on us, people will not respect us. Now that is a that is a principle that they teach in the world, particularly in those you know in the in the circle of those who are into business. All right, that is a way you must present yourself. Okay, you must always be on a suit. You must always you know have this high look. All right, because then that commands influence, and and God knows what that may be true. But guess what? Those things don't last. But if people know you for who you are, you see, one thing that I have been able to establish is that people know me for who I am. And I think that is what attracted, amen, the disciples, amen, to Jesus and even the disciples of John. They looked at his life. It wasn't just even about the things he was doing. It wasn't just about, in fact, that was at the early stage of his, of his, of his, of his, of his ministry. It wasn't about, you see, if, if it is miracle that is attracting us to some place, to a church, or to some location, God, whatever, whatever it is that is attracting you, if it's not based on relationship, it's only a matter of time before that thing fizzles away. And if that thing fizzles away, guess what? The people are going to be looking for somewhere else. They're going to be looking for the next thing that is happening. And that's why people today are not established. So, so we're looking at something, we're trying to track something, all right, that in the doctrine of the church and in the community of the fellowship of the saints, amen, we become part of the community of the saints through a relationship, through relationship, and we can begin to expand on that concept of relationship. In fact, uh, um, we, we, we dealt with that, I think, on part six, which I think it's important that we look into, but, 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 but I think I might just leave that but i want to read the scripture again i like to read that scripture in act chapter let's do this let me read act chapter one and i'm going to show you why i am really emphasizing on this in act chapter one sometimes it's just important that we read the entire scripture but i can just you know, quote it off head. Oh, thank you, Father. In fact, not act, not act chapter one is act chapter two, but f- let me just open it first. Um, just the very first chapter of act chapter two. I'm sure by now you you understand my thing with the book of Acts. It is a powerful, you know, uh, um, reference material when it comes to church building, all right? And uh, so you still find me talk about Pentecost, you know? And I keep telling people that Pentecost is not a traditional word. It's not a denominational word, amen? Pentecost is a spiritual system of how to build the intentions of God on earth, all right? There are three feasts that we see in the scripture. We see, amen, we see, the, we see Passover, all right? We see Pentecost, then we see the Feast of Tabernacle. And these three, amen, cannot be uh, 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 discarded. One cannot be discarded for the other, all right? In our walk with God, amen, we, we are journeying continually to the place, amen, of perfection in Christ. And for our perfection in Christ to be complete, amen, we have to, we have to understand the three feasts. And so for th- those who are into the apostolic who say, well, Pentecost is past. 
Pentecost is no longer relevant. In, you know, in fact, somebody you know really took me on that. You know, sometime back and say, why why should you be talking about Pentecost in this in this new move of God? You know, we in the day of the apostolic. I said, well. Can you separate the apostolic from Pentecost? Because, amen, the apostolic began, amen, on the day of Pentecost. So Pentecost becomes the what? The foundation of the apostolic. And this person, obviously, I just see the immaturity of this person. But that, that's just by the way. Now, let's, let's look at this concept. Because basically, Pentecost represents 50. All right? In the things of God, you always find that concept of the five, the grace of God, amen, being complete. And, and that, that's important that we understand that Pentecost is not one, it's 50. Remember that we're talking about the fivefold ministry. If you're, gonna, if you're gonna do anything in terms of building and empowering people, in terms of establishing the community of the saints, it has to be done by all the fivefold grace. They must be present. And for that to become a reality, you've got to be dealing with what Pentecost is called Jubilee, it's called 50. It's called, amen, the place of perfection of the ministry gift, amen. Christ can only be established in the life of people, amen, when all the other aspects of his grace and giftings have come into convergence. It's 50. So, so that is where you begin to see ministry operate, all right? <laughs> you know, it, it was... It was uh, 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 um, Jesus that was declaring, amen, in, in, in Luke chapter 4, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. All right? That scripture was taken, amen, in the context of Pentecost 50. Because he has, he has given me, he's given me grace, amen, to set the captives free, to proclaim the year of jubilee, to proclaim liberty, to give sight to the blind. All right? You want to talk about giving sight to the blind in terms of the, the prophetic ministry. It's all factor into this concept that we are looking into. Because it is through this order that we're able to step into the day of the Lord, into the reality of what is called the tabernacle, which is a different dimension, amen, of the operations of the, of the, of, 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 of the life of Christ, of the light of Christ, of the glory of God in the earth. That is the point where the kingdom of God now becomes amen, a reality. So the Bible says in, in Acts chapter 2 verse 1, when the day of Pentecost came, that day came. So it's a day. It's a day. And this day, amen, it's not just an event. It's a continual reality, amen, because, because God is still in the business of building his church. Remember, he said, I will build my church. So that is a continuous process. He didn't say, I build my church. He didn't say, I finished building my church. He's still building his church. So we've got to understand, I said, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together. I told you about the power of com community, that communal life, amen, that state of oneness, that state of oneness, that state of unity, all right? It's important. That is the first call. Jesus called them to himself before he sent them out. We're dealing with, amen, the principle of apostolic community and the fellowship of the saints. It's in the place of our togetherness. That togetherness is not is not for the fact that we gather in a place. It is not about the place. It's about the state. Oh. It is not about the place. It's about the state of our gathering. It's about the condition of our heart. You see, we want to talk. We're talking about a church, amen, that will manifest the power of God. That will, and when I'm in the power of God, I'm not just talking about calling down fire as much as that is important if we need to, but I'm talking about the power of truth. I'm talking about the power, the presence of God, that the glory of God is there, that the approval of God is in what we're doing. If we want God to, if we want the approval of God in anything we're doing, then there has to be an understanding that there are certain realities that God wants us to walk in, certain values that God wants us to walk in, and we have to continue to 
hammer this thing. We have to continue to impress this thing and establish this this truth, amen, upon the hearts of our people. If we want that to happen, because I tell you, people are coming together and all kinds of foreign spirits are coming along with them. So the Bible says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, 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 it sounded like uh, uh, like the blowing of a, tr- of a violent wind came. But the point here is, they were all together. I like the translation that, that says that they were all in one accord. And I remember the last time I used uh, 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 this, this, this example of, you know, the pianist. Now, that is a chord that is being played. All right? If you're good into music, if you're into music or you know about music, you know that you, you, you cannot play, you know, a chord with one note. There has to be a combination. There has to be a combination. And that is what the Lord is saying. That there has to be a combination of heart. It's called the assembly. The assembly. Amen. I've talked about the assembly. That in that concept of the assembly, everybody come, amen, with their uniqueness. Whatever it is that they, they've been graced with, or whoever they are, we all come into that place, amen, that is called accord. And that is a place of community. That is a place of power. That is a place where we are not bound, amen, by the place. We are not bound by uh, the location. We are not bound by, you know, all these things that we emphasized. Because what we're trying to do, amen, is come to that point where the Bible says, God is going to be restoring the tabernacle of David. And this tabernacle, we want to track. We want to track the concept, amen, of how God wants to restore this tabernacle. Because this tabernacle, first of all, is going to be an habitation for God, alright, whatever we build, amen, that God cannot inhabit amen, is only a matter of time before we also get scattered from that place so God is calling us to build amen, a habitation for him it's in the, it is in that objective that whatever we are building, whatever we we're proclaiming, we're declaring, amen is a place that God can inhabit, is a place of his glory, is a place of his presence is a place of his power, is a place amen, of, of truth, is a place amen, of grace, is a place amen, of truth, is a place of life, is a place of light now when we begin to do that now, and I remember sharing with us the last time uh, uh, somebody said but how do we get to that point you know how do we get to this point that you're talking about well we, 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 we we've, we've said that first of all people need to give their life to Jesus when they give their life to Jesus amen the need the first thing we need to do is we need to at least within the concept of that community we need to start feeding we need to start nurturing amen people because the, the concept of discipleship amen is very very vital is very important people need to and the reason for that is for them to be able to identify and realize why they've given their heart to jesus you know a lot of people get saved they don't even know why they're saved they say well I, i'm saved just to go to heaven well, that's good but that's that's the that's the you know the most uh, uh, basic aspect there are more amen to your salvation in your salvation you get to understand amen the purpose of life you begin to realize amen the essence of living you begin to discover your identity your true identity not the identity society gives to you not the identity that you know your 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 tradition amen from wherever you come from amen your nationality gives to you because we are all struggling with all kinds of identity that has been given to us, amen, by our society, by our nationality, amen, by, you know, our position, either as a male or a female. I mean, the, the, the world is crazy today. So, so you come to Jesus, the, the, the word of God begins to give you 
you know, realignment. The word of God begins to shape you. The word of God begins to, you know, bring you to understand who you are. That regardless of where you come from, amen, there is a place, amen, that defines your identity. That regardless, amen, of what you've gone through in life, regardless of what, where you've been, regardless of the incidents and accidents and situations that's happened in your life, that there is a place, hallelujah, that your true identity and future and destiny, amen, is secure and that is in Christ. So, you begin to know this Jesus and you begin to know Jesus, amen, in measures. First the 34, the 64, and then you begin to come to maturity, amen. So many things begin to happen in your life. It's from that point that you begin to know how to relate with your brother. You know how to relate with your sister because those are all part of what you are, what you are trained to know, you are developed to understand as a community, amen, in, 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 a, in a unit, in a, in a family unit. You've got the father, you've got the mother, amen, you've got the children, then you've got your, your aunties and your uncles, uh, you know, the extended family, but that small unit of your father, mother, you know, sister, brother, it's important to teach you so many things. You know, a few days ago, the Lord was saying to me, you know, Isaiah, everything you do, amen, it's, it's a message to your children, all right? You are the first point of call. When, you're, when your son needs to define manhood, you are the first point of call. You are the one that he looks at as, as defining manhood. Korabashayada. When, when, your, when your daughter looks at you, the way you treat her, the way you talk to her, you know, uh, it's the way she's going to grow up, amen, defining men. So be careful what you say. Be careful how you, how you deal with her. Be careful, amen. So, so I'm very playful with my, my daughter. I mean, if you, see me, if you see me when I'm playing with my daughter, you will never believe I'm the same person, all right? So yes, this is the, this is the prophet. He's there. He's, he, you know, he, but when I'm, when I'm with my children, I am, I am like them, all right? But they also know, they know that immediately if they do something wrong, I will give them a correction. I will tell them it is wrong. I, I, I mean, you know, it's like you, you're multi-purpose. You're multi-purpose, but in you being multi-purpose, amen, you are genuine. They see the authenticity in you. And, that, and that's that's the beauty, amen, of, of, of you representing the Father, alright, to your immediate home. Now, that is what people learn when they come to Jesus. They see Jesus of different dimension, amen. He is the lion and the lamb. He is the lion, he is the lion and the lamb. When they see the lamb aspect, they learn. But then they see the lion aspect, they also learn, alright. When you come to the house of a true kingdom community. Amen. You are taught to have eyes like the cherubims. You are taught to see things from different perspective and different dimension. Amen. Without, without you know, uh, mixing, mixing them. Amen. Without, you know, being confused. That's the word. Without being confused. You, 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 you know things. You understand things. And you see things the way the father sees them. Alright. You are not confused about life. Alright. There are people growing up. I mean, how is it in the world today that you've got people growing up up. They don't know if they're men or women. They, they, they're confused. Why? Because society all right, and, and, and their family never taught them manhood. Never taught them womanhood. These are values we need to teach. These are values we need to teach our children. I, you know, you need to... I mean, when I see my child, you know, doing my son doing certain things that are not, you know, uh, in line. I correct him. I correct him as a man and I tell him the reason why I'm correcting him. All right. And if if he refuses to listen to, to me, I give him what I call the good one. All right. And that good one brings him to a realization of why amen, I need to give him a good one. And he, and he adjusts the same with my daughter because listen, you are, sh- you are shaping, you are building, you are crafting, amen, uh, you know, uh, uh, an instrument for God because one day they are going to be, amen, an 
arrow in the hand of God. God is going to use them to advance his purposes. So if you think that, you know, uh, uh, just the family is just about, you know, we just wake up in the morning and everybody gr- gr- get crazy. All right? It's, you go to school, you go to work. <laughs> you know, if, if, if that's how we define life, then we've missed it. All right? Because we must be daily, continually injecting values, 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 values. You know, my daughter, I mean, she had the tendency of trying to, you know, control the brother. I mean, the brother is older than her, but she's got that, you know, women, she, she just want to, you know, Samuel, come, let's go. You know, she wants to force the boy to do, no, no, one day I had to call her, in fact, not one day, a few days ago, I had to say, no, no, Jemama, you don't do that. You don't want to manipulate your brother. You don't want to do that, all right? Because if I allow you to continue to do that, guess what? You're going to grow with, grow up with a manipulating spirit. And that is how women grow up, meant to get manipulative, all right? Because when they were growing up, the parents never saw anything wrong with it. She's just, she's just a girl. She's just a girl. No. If you leave her that way, she's going to grow up with a manipulative spirit. Suddenly, the spirit of Jezebel starts operating in your daughter and you're like, used to say, hallelujah, praise God. Meanwhile, another foreign spirit, amen, another foreign value, amen, has captured the heart of your daughter that you think oh, everything is well with. So, so you've got to have the eyes, the capacity to see, to understand amen, what is right in them and what is not right. If it's not right, you correct it and you correct it in love and let them understand why you're doing what you're doing. Now that is a community because the Bible says they were all in one accord. If you're in one accord, if you're corrected, guess what? You're not going to get angry and just walk out. One thing I've taught my children is when I'm talking to you, never walk out on me. You don't even talk about slamming the door. You, you, that's not that. That that's even that. You, you uh, that can never happen. You see, but that is because of the kind of values you're laying. You're laying. A lot of people today have not learned to lay values. There are churches without values. You see, there are ministry without values. You see, I, I, as as a leader, as a community, amen, that is building that you want to because you see, building the church of Jesus Christ is about empowering people for something. There is there is a grace, there is a vision, there is a mandate, there is something that God wants to carry out through that ministry, through that you know person, through that you know a, a, a community. And if you don't carry everybody along to understand that this is why we exist, I was sharing some time ago. I said, How is it that you know you run a church me i'm sorry to say you know most time when i speak is like i'm always speaking to men of god but that's not the intention all right you run a church all right and all the songs you're singing in your church amen are songs that are birthed in in, in somebody else's church maybe in america somewhere you know i mean it's 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 unimaginable that your house you can you you cannot you cannot come up. You see, because every house has got a song. Your song are the reflections of your journey. Your songs, amen, are the story of your journey. Your songs, amen, in the house because you see, your house is a culture. Your house is a tradition, a tradition that is built, amen, on kingdom values. No two churches are the same. So you're building this, you're establishing this, and you're saying, no, this is where we're going. This is the kind of song we want to sing. Because your song, you see, when I hear the song you sing in your church, immediately tells me where you're coming from, where you're going, or where you are. And if you're lost, your song will also tell me that you're lost, that you don't, you don't even know. There are certain churches that don't even understand who they are. They don't know why they gather. All right, They just gather because it's Sunday, so everybody, hallelujah. What do you do on Sunday? You preach the word, amen? When you preach the word, you share, you know, um, what they call it, they call it brotherly love, you, you know, you greet each other, alright, you sing, amen you give offering, amen uh, here in South Africa, maybe you have tea, if you if you have tea to drink and uh, and that's it you, you go home, and maybe Tuesday you come 
and you do the same thing and maybe you teach one or two words all right to encourage the people but you see all that we're doing is not projecting the people to us a place we're not going anywhere we we just we just preaching. We, it's a, our message has no direction. Our voice has no has no has no vision. All right. Yes, we talk about vision, but it, it's a general vision. Where are we going? What is God saying? You see, that, that deals with having a clear prophetic understanding of why we exist. From that concept, you are able then to build. I'm not sure if, if, you, if you get what I'm talking about. We're dealing with the community, amen, apostolic community. And apostolic community, as I've established before, amen, is a community that has a clear understanding of divine doctrine, of biblical doctrine. Doctrine defines to us the framework. You see, we have a general doctrine. We have a general doctrine that defines who we are as believers, as followers of Christ. There are things we cannot do. There are things we must do. There are places we must not be. There are places, amen, that we must be. There are things we must, people must see with us and, and be able to say, yes, these are Christian. Bible says they were called Christian first in Antioch because they saw something about their life. Amen. This day we have been given doctrine that defines who we are. These are days where people like, they don't even know, is that guy a Christian? You see, because everything about his life speaks otherwise. But he says, I'm a Christian. But his, his, his dressing, his look, everything about his life, his, 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 his words, his expression, everything is antichrist. But he says, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. So how do you become a Christian? When you, when you have not embraced the values of Christ. I'm not sure if we, we, we're getting the point that I'm making. We have to understand that becoming a, a child of God, becoming a Christian, amen, are things that we have to imbibe as values. We have to be taught. We have to be taught. So when, when, when you come, when you give your heart to the Lord, amen, you begin a relationship, not a religion. You begin a relationship, not a tradition. You begin a relationship. It's in that place of relationship, amen, that you are groomed, that you are developed, that you are empowered. And I said that empowerment brings you to understand who Christ is, who your Lord is. You are saved. You may be saved, but you don't know him as Lord. So it's in the place of you being trained, you being developed, you being empowered. Within the structure of the house, the suddenly you begin to understand who Jesus is. To understand what Jesus is means to understand his values. To understand his heart. Because today people just talk about the love of Jesus. Oh, oh Jesus loves us. Jesus just, he just said come as you are. Yes, you come as you are, but you don't remain the way you are. You've got to understand his love because there are all kinds of definitions of love out there. Alright? There is what they call the filial love. There is what they call the Euros love. Amen? There is the Philadelphia love. There's the agape love. All kinds of love. You've got to understand how Christ defines love. That he loves you doesn't mean that he will not correct you. He will not rebuke you. And sometimes he will do that through people. That doesn't mean that he doesn't love you. Because if you love your child, if your child is, does something, you correct the child. It's love. But today no people get angry with you. So it's important that you define, you define, amen, the vision of that which you've been called to build. It's called the fellowship of the saints. They are saints. They are brethren. And in our fellowship, we define our identity. We define our identity. Oh, hallelujah. So I, I, I'm, I'm sure you're beginning to get the heart of what, I'm, what we're talking about because this is important. If we don't get this right, then we, we are just basically playing time and just 
joking around, not having a clear direction of where we are, where we're going. Amen. So the Bible says, when the day of Pentecost came, amen, they were all together. So, so the things of the Lord, amen, brings us together. But we've got to understand that our togetherness has got an objective. And that objective is designed by a value system. Like I always say that, you know, the gathering of stones doesn't make the house. It is the assembly of the stones. If you want to build a house, you don't, you don't just pass stones together and then you say you've got a house. No, it doesn't work that way. Nobody lives in a pile of stones. They've got to be fitted into each other. They've got to be constructed in such a way that they can fit into each other. So all kinds of things is going to be happening. They're going to be chiseling you. They're going to be cutting you there. You're going to, you're going to be hearing all kinds of cries and, and screaming. Oh, it's painful. Yes. They're only trying to do what to make you fit into your brother's life. We're talking about building the church of the Lord. So if you're going to fit into my life, amen, you've got to understand, amen, that somebody needs to walk on your character. Somebody needs to walk on, amen, your, your attitude, your belief system, your values. Somebody must, the word of God must walk, amen, in your life so that you can see how to accommodate others, how to live. I mean, the Bible says they were all together in the upper room, together in one place. Just begin to think of the, the, the kind of activity going on there. You know? if, I mean, you, these are people that have their own belief system. They have the, yeah, one thing binds us together, but guess what? There are issues within our soul that still needs to be dealt with. We know, yes, Jesus said, go to the upper room, go wait for me. Amen. Uh, uh, um, on the day of Pentecost, you know, 50 days from now, something is going to happen. Yes. But guess what? While that was taking place in their meeting together, all kinds of issues <laughs> begins to surface. Amen. How come you never greet me this morning? Come on. I mean, I greeted you for so what's I mean, you just begin to imagine because every time you see human gather, there's bound to be a man misunderstanding. There's bound to be confusion. But if we have a man, the word of God, if we have the value of truth if we have the principle amen of christ in our midst then that becomes amen the values and the standard and the framework to which we benchmark our life all right oh i'm sorry i didn't know that i i offended you okay you you repent and and all that that we're doing amen is building a capacity what of of what the bible call amen the restoration of the tabernacle of david if you will or is preparing us for that which Christ is about to be released because I tell you, if those people were not in one accord, they would never have received the ministry of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit would not have, would never have come to that place. A lot of people want the Spirit of God to come. They want Christ to move in their midst powerfully. But guess what? We have not aligned ourselves, our life to the standard, to the principle, to the values of God. So we're forever doing our own religious thing, but God is not coming. His presence is not coming. Why? Because we are still out, we are still out of discord. The Bible says they were in one accord. Amen. When you are playing out of discord, amen, you cannot enjoy the sound. You cannot enjoy the music. All right? There has to be a symphony to, to have an accord. Amen. They, to, 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 to place you know, in, in that order where it, the, the, sound, the sound comes well. There's, there's a clear symphony. Amen. And, and there has to be somebody conducting. Amen. And you cannot decide to do your own thing. You've got to follow the conductor. Amen. And all the, all the instruments Mentalists must must flow along. Come on, it, it's it's a place of perfected unity, perfected unity. 
I mean, if you want to prove that you're the best van in a violist, I'm the best guitarist. Now I'm the best trombolist. I'm the best saxophonist. And then, and then you, 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 you take the thing beyond. You destroy the whole mu- music. This is a problem today in the body of Christ. Because we all have our own idea of how church is. Like I always say, everybody have their own idea of how to pray. <laughs> but they say, and it teaches how to pray. You cannot bring your idea into the things of the spirit. No, you leave your idea outside and you come sit and you learn. Amen. They teach you because there is something the Lord wants to bring forth. There is something the Lord wants to birth. There is something the Lord wants to establish. And it does that when you submit. That's why I like the scripture. I'm going to quickly go back. No, no, I'm not going back. I'm going forward now. All right. So, so, okay, let me finish the statement. So, we, we become part of the community of the saints through relationship. That's what I've been dealing with. All right. But we are, we, we, we are built to function. All right. Through divine apostolic structure. So, so, so we see two concepts of the church here. The church is a relationship, but the church is also what? A house of functionality, a house of apostolic structure. Now, it is this structure that then begins to reveal our ministry in terms of how to reach. You see, if, if, we are, if we have not perfected the community of fellowship and relationship within the house, that enriched lifestyle. All right. Now I've got I've got a I've got a um, I've got a diagram here. I'm hoping that I'll be able to blow this diagram up. I'm not sure if you'll be able to see it, but I'm hoping that I'll be able to blow this diagram up to give you an idea of the structure. Now this 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 diagram, the Lord gave me this diagram way back in Nigeria while I was a pastor. This diagram gives us a powerful apostolic prophetic structure of how to build the house of God. Now, in this diagram, at the top, at the top up up here, it is Christ who is the head of the church. I'm not sure, obviously, I'm sure you, you can't see it. But up here, it is Christ who is the head of the church. And you can see the structure. It actually, the diagram looks like a you know, like a structure of a person. Because at the end of the day, you want to build a corporate man. A corporate spiritual man. That's what you want to build. Alright? Even if there are 20,000 people in your church, there must be a corporate man. There must be a corporate man. Alright? So, so this structure tells us how to build a church. And with this concept, you're able to build... I mean, notice when I say a church. A church could mean your own life, could mean your family, could mean... You know, even your business. Because a church is that which Christ uses to advance his purpose in terms of, you know, his administrative and, and governmental, you know, uh, uh, visibility in society. That is a church because that's the purpose of the church. But for that to happen, which is the second part, but for that to happen, you have to have what I call a solid intimate relationship not just with not just with christ but with every other part amen of his members which is called the body of christ you see you see the church is the arm that goes to represent christ but you cannot build a church if you have not become part of the body if you have not if you have not become amen are connected to the various parts amen that makes up of the body listen my my entire structure is a body right that's a body as a body, but every part of me, amen, are in tune. They are they are functioning together. They are relating. There's comp- there's 
perfected relationship and that's why you can hear me because there are all kinds of things happening amen for me to be able to speak to the to the point where you can hear me amen so so this is this is fine but then i can move i can move i can i can i can go to you know to the street out there and begin to proclaim and declare Jesus is Lord and go somewhere, amen, and, and begin to do now that is the ministry of the church because the ministry of the church is to take Jesus to, you know, to the marketplace is to take Jesus, amen, you know, to government to wherever, amen the church, amen, carries the face of Christ and reveal it to a dying world, but that is not going to be effective if the church has not become, amen, listen to this a place of community, a place where there is unity, where there is love, where there is fellowship first with the father and with one another and we're saying for that to happen there has to be concepts that we build in place there has to be value system amen you cannot bring your own idea of how relationship is in the world system to, to you know to want to interf- interface with the things of god it's not going to work amen people have all kinds of you know wrong idea of how relationship is that's why amen 90 percent of marriages are breaking up homes are breaking up because people have their own idea of how things should work it's not working you've got to come and allow Christ to show you how he wants things to be done and when you submit to that order when you submit to that principle when you align yourself amen with the value system of God guess what then you become an instrument you become amen a vessel in his hand you become that you know a, a portal amen that he's going to use you become that port you become that vessel amen of of gold whatever it is amen for you for him to use you see, these are all you know, powerful principles I mean, that we've got to understand. This is wisdom building his house. This is wisdom building his house. So, so uh, uh, there's something I wanted to quickly show us. There's something I quickly want to show us. In, uh, uh, um, I want to deal with the, the power of one, the power of, the power of oneness in this concept of you know, building. Now, let's quickly look at um, Acts chapter 4. Remember, this is a foundation, and foundation defines amen, the structure of the building. Foundation is not just what you build on, it defines the structure. Whatever you want to do in life, if the foundation is weak, if the foundation is not secure, if the foundation is not defined, guess what? It's only a matter of time. I don't care what you spend, I don't care the, the, the quality of material you're using to build, to, to build, excuse me, it's only a matter of time before that structure comes down. It could be a marriage, it could be a relationship, amen. It could be a business, whatever it is that is not built, amen, solidly on the right foundation, it's gonna come down. In Acts chapter 4, verse 32, the Bible says, All the believers were one in heart and in mind. Does that connect to? Thank you, my friend, Pastor Jeff. Nice to see you, sir. All right. Me and Pastor Jeff, we've been around since 1991, yeah? All nations. <laughs> Bless you, sir. Now, 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 in, 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 in Acts chapter, chapter 4, listen to this concept again. I want you to see the, this trace of oneness, oneness, fellowship, oneness, because it's important. If you don't have that, you do not have what is called an apostolic community. And like I said, what defines this apostolic community, amen, is the doctrine. When we talk about doctrine, please don't begin to think doctrine is some, you know, uh, uh, some teachings that are complete, completely out of order. No, they are there to safeguard how we build. When we have 
proper apostolic doctrine. Why do we call it apostolic? Because the word apostolic means, amen, that, that which has been sent to represent Christ. That's just basically what it is. It is not some traditional word. It's not a denominational word. Apostolic is not. I mean, when people say, okay, God is restoring the apostolic. Basically, what we're saying is God is restoring his church back to his original intention. And God is using the apostle because they are the wise master builder, according to what the scripture says. All right? Bible says the apostles are the wise master builder. All right, they are they are they are the wise master. So apostles are are people who have been given the capacity to what to build to build, and we understand that. All right, prophets also are builders because God said to Jeremiah, Amen. I have ordained you, I've anointed you, Amen, to tear down, to cast down, to pull down. But guess what? To build and to plant. So when we talk about, amen, the apostolic ministry, we're not just talking about some new age or some new move. It's not a new move. It's been there. Hallelujah. From the scripture, amen, the church was built upon, upon, upon the foundation of the apostles and and the prophets and Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Hallelujah. These are are the three dimensions. These are the three structures that we must must have, amen, in building whatever it is. Could be our business, could be our marriage rich could build our home amen if you as a father in the house amen you don't have that governmental apostolic grace guess what the devil will be coming into your house here and there they will be they will be making a mess of your entire family you must know when to put your feet on the ground you must know when to say to your children hey by nine o'clock i want to see you back home all right you stay out you stay outside night amen you live there if you don't have such thing, guess what? The enemy will, will turn you to another Adam that cannot control his house. Amen. And then you'll be, you'll be eating the fruits every time Eve gives it to you because you have no structure, because you have no direction, because you have no voice. You have been captured. You cannot live in that order of life. Your children cannot tell you what to do. I mean, we live in a day where children are telling their father, shut up. Don't, don't say that to me. Don't talk to me that way. Hey, what's going on? Yes, because we've allowed all this foreign spirit, amen, to invade our life in the name of democracy in the name of human rights guess what i never say we should abuse anyone no no jesus never taught us you know to abuse but he taught us government government is to safeguard government is to guide government is to lead government is to protect government is to provide government amen is to go ahead we've got to understand that when we have that concept in our life and in our home in our ministry guess what it tells certain people you don't want to go there there's order in that house. <laughs> yes, that's the purpose of doctrine. Doctrine tells the people that, sorry, if you're not ready to align to this value system, because they're all there in the word. They are not something strange. They're there in the word of God. If you're not ready to sub, you know, subscribe to the leadership of the house, you're not welcome. Sorry, you're not welcome. This is not a marketplace. This is, listen to this. The church we are building is not a marketplace. The church we are building, amen, is a sanctuary, is an habitation, and is the assembly of the saints. We're not building a marketplace. We're not building a friendly user church. No, 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 no. We've seen that done in America, and we see and we see what's going on right now. We're not building a friendly user church. We're building a church, amen, that is governmental, a church that is very prophetic, a church with the highest level of humility, but the stronger capacity, amen, to be apostolic, to be governmental in their representation. That's what we're doing. That's what we're building. And if we're going to finish well, if we're going to take the work of God to the next dimension in this new day, guess what? We have to imbibe. We have to take this value in. 
Amen. People may not like it initially, but guess what? In a day where they've tried everything they want to try and they realize, my good God, there's no joy. Yeah. They're going to try everything they can try. Then they're going to realize, but wait a minute. Nothing is working here. Oh, well, I'm going to go back to my father's house. And I'm going to say to my father, Father, I'm sorry. (laughs) Please forgive me. I thought I was right. I'm wrong. Yeah. Because insecurity, if you have not built a, a, a state of security and love and understanding into the life of your children, guess what? They'll be looking at you know, the next house. They'll be looking at the next church. They'll be looking there. They'll be looking, yes, because they, that's, the, that's the falling human nature. Amen. We, 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 we get attracted by the things we don't have. All right. No matter how you know what you have looks beautiful. Now, if you see somebody else, now that's the one you want. That's the falling human nature. So you've got to be able to build that capacity and say, no, no, this is how things work here. If you if you don't want to accept it, it's fine. You can go. But you're still gonna meet me here. <laughs> is he gonna meet me? We must never build, uh, you know, uh, you know, a, a system that does not give the people, amen, the opportunity to choose. Must always give people the, the choice to choose. That's what God did. He said, Choose this day. You've got to choose. You cannot come to a point in your life where you, there's no state. Where you, you, no, no. You have, you have a say in the matter, but this is the standard. If you want to come up to this standard, then it's fine. If you're not ready to come up to this standard, sorry, you're, you're, not, you're, not, you're not allowed into the community because we're building a community with an objective. We're building a house with an objective. This is a house that we want to build on a rock, not on the sand. This is a house we want to build that will float in the days where the houses of men are sinking. Come on. This is a house we want to build, amen, that is set on the hill that people will stream up there. People will say, come, let us go up to the house of the God of Jacob. That's the house we're building. We're not building a house in the valley. No, we want to take the people in the valley where the flood, when the flood and the tsunamis are coming, they will say, hey, look for the higher ground. Is that not what they tell people? All right? When there's disaster, particularly when there's a flood, they say, look for the higher ground. That is what we want to build. We want to build a higher ground house. So that when all kinds of issues are happening, they say, come, go high up there. You say, but I can't climb. They say, well, that's your issue. You've got to learn to climb if, you're gonna, if you want to get saved. You've got to learn to climb up. You've got to go up to the house of the Lord. <laughs> the house of the Lord is not in the valley. It's in the mountain. Amen. People who want the truth. People who are searching for truth. Who want the truth. They were traveling. They were looking for a man by the name John the Baptist in the backside of the wilderness. And John was still firing them. Who, 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 who asked you to come? I mean, he was still, because he knew that he's carrying the truth. When you know you're carrying the truth, amen, you, you, you don't reduce the standard, amen, for what you want to eat. You don't reduce the standard for the pot of pottage. You don't reduce the standard because somebody's going to buy your car. You don't reduce the standard because somebody wants to give you a house. You don't reduce the standard because somebody said, well, we'll take, no, 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 no. You maintain the standard because I tell you, in that position of maintaining, you're giving the people the power to choose for themselves so that when they come up there, they can fit in. They will not come up there and be controlling every other person. And if, if their word doesn't carry the day, then, then, then suddenly they, they want to leave. You tell them the door is open. You can go. You can go. The door is open. In this place, you don't define how, the, how we do things here. There is a God. There is a system. There's an order. There's a value system that we all subscribe to. So if you want to subscribe to it, flow along. If you don't want to, go look for amen, the house with itching ears. The Bible says in that day, in the last day, amen, people will gather for themselves teachers. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, yes. There's this guy in the book of Judges. All right, who who actually established his own church? All right, you know, got got a priest. All right, and start paying the priest. <laughs> he was paying the priest to do the work for him. Can you imagine that? This is what we're seeing today. That people can, you know, just look for some man of God somewhere and say, "Look, you you're hungry, huh? You're a priest, but you're hungry. Okay, come, I'll give you a job." It's not a job that somebody can give to you. This is a calling. You've got to understand. It is a calling. Nobody pays you for this job. I'm not saying people must not bless us. They must bless us because we're doing the work of God. He who walks by the altar, the Bible says, must eat by the altar. Men of God must be well paid. Men of God, amen, must be well, you know, uh, uh, you know, resource, must be blessed. But I'm not saying that, sh- that should be done at the detriment of their calling or their ministry. Don't don't go take a job of, of some God knows what because you're in need. You know, many times people have tried to you know, bangle me and wangle me into all kinds of things. Come, you've got a gift. You've got a gift. I've got a gift, but my gift is not for sale. My gift is not for sale. You and your money, may you perish, the scripture says. This gift is not for sale. All right? If you see what God is doing in our life, you'll be a blessing to it. If you can't be a blessing to it, stay away so that God will use those that he wants to use. This is not a gift for sale. My gift, my calling, my ministry is not for sale. We'll continue to use it to build, to empower, to develop, amen, to establish the nations. The nations are coming, but if we don't lay the foundation, if we don't build the right value system, the nations are going to come into nothing. They're going to come into a place of chaos. The house of God is in the chaos, and we need to fix it. We need to fix it, and that's why we're dealing with this concept. That's why we're dealing with this principle. That's why we're dealing with this truth, amen. It's not something... You know, that is palatable. I mean, this is not something everybody loves to do. I mean, but but guess what? If you've been called to do this thing, you've got to do it. Amen. It's my calling. Amen. As one grace, amen, with the capacity to build and to resource the house of God with a strong prophetic, you know, uh, uh, understanding. So the Bible says they were all, they were all in one heart. They were all in one heart. And we want one, one mind. Now, sometimes we'll read this thing. We say, Can this actually be true? This is the scripture. This is the scripture. Amen. Apostle Andre, you've been tagged. All right. This is the standard of God. And guess what? This is not standard after, you know, 200 years. The church has been existing. This is the beginning of the church. This is the foundation of the church. The Bible says in Acts chapter 4 verse 32, all the believers, no one left behind, all the believers were in one heart and in one mind. They have one heart. So here the scripture is telling us, amen. Guess what? The heart is not the mind and the mind is not the heart. So don't confuse yourself. (laughs) No, the Bible says they were all with one heart and with one mind. No one claimed that Amen. That any of them possesses what they own. Listen to this. No one claimed that any of their possession was their own. No one claimed that. Why? 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 Don't read this one. You've got to read the first one before you understand this one. Because now we want to talk about, amen, we're bringing resources to the house of God, bringing money, bringing God knows what. We cannot build the house of God until we have connected, we have built the same, you know, the same heart until our heart is beating as one. The Bible says they were all together with one heart and one mind. So what is the heart? The heart, amen, is the passion of God. The mind, amen, is the value system, is the ideology, the philosophy to which that to which you have picked, 
Amen. Should be carried out. It's important we understand this because indeed, yes, we can hear God. This, this is what God wants to do. But if we agreed on the terms of how he wants to do it. I mean, there are people today that have scattered so many churches. This is what the man of God is saying. This is what God has shown the man of God. This is how God wants us to take the church. This is the next direction we're going. Suddenly, sudden people, suddenly, excuse me, suddenly, sudden people get up in the church. They say, no, yes, we believe God wants, but, but, but don't you think we should do it this way? Don't, 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 don't. Then they begin to challenge. They begin to, you know, the spirit of subordination rises in the house to the point that, amen, that which God wants to do is aborted because the people are are not in one mind. The mind, the mind must be submitted, amen, to the authority of the spirit, to the authority of the heart. Because the mind is your faculty of decision, is the place where you choose, is a place where you where you decide, is the I mean, all kinds of structure we can begin to look in the mind. And until the mind, which is the soul, surrender and submit to the authority of the spirit, guess what? The things of God will always remain at the same spot. There will never be movement, there will never be development. We're looking at amen, the culture of apostolic community. There has to be. You see, if you don't trust the man, why are you there? If you don't trust a man, the leadership, why are you there? Don't be there. If you cannot trust the leadership, don't be there. Because you see, you're going to create chaos. You're going to create problems. Amen. And that's why it's important that in, in the house that God has got, because you see, like I always say, there are no two churches the same. The two, no, no. There are no two, two churches the same because every church is assigned with a specific, amen, prophetic apostolic mandate. Amen. Uh, the church of Philadelphia is different from the church of Ephesus. Come on. The church of Corinth, Corinth is different from the, the, you know, the, the, the church of Philippi. You've got to understand the nature, the culture, the structure, the identity, amen, the projection of God's objective for your house. You've got to understand that because it's in this that we're able to, you see, just as people converge in a local community church, all right, whatever your church is, just as people come to converge, is the same way, amen, the churches in the city, in the city must converge so that when God is speaking to the church in Cape Town, hallelujah, he's speaking to the entire church. He's speaking to the entire church. But guess what? The, the church in Cape Town is made up of different branches. It's made up of different arms because all the arms, amen, are well fitted together like the human body. It's a structure. It's a structure. So the church is not divided because there is government, there is order. And that can only be done and birthed by the Spirit. Does God want us to have a city church? Yes. But the city church, amen, is not defined by one church. It's not defined by how the church is being. Oh, because the man is the, is the richest apostle in town. So he is he's built the biggest church in town. All right? And so he, he can afford to pay the best instrumentalists in town. And he can afford to bring the best apostles. And God knows where they're coming from. From the Bahamas and from Jamaica and from America and from God knows. Because he brings them down all the time. And, and he gives them good honorarium. That makes him the apostle of the city. Ogwash. Doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. That is a house built by man. That is a pyramid. That, that is a system of the world. That, that is not God. Come on. God can, God can anoint a man. Who, maybe, maybe, maybe he doesn't even have a member in his church. He doesn't have a single soul. Or maybe he's got few people in his church. But God has given him sight. God has given him grace. And somebody has to locate that grace. And somebody has to project hallelujah, that grace to the point and say, this is a man God has given the capacity and the 
wisdom, the knowledge, and the understanding. There is a man in the city. He is poor, but guess what? He's got wisdom, and he saved the city. That is an apostle that, that can lead the people to the place of divine pleasure. Today we measure amen, influence and leadership by wealth, by material things. We missed it. No wonder our church are becoming you know, weak and collapsed. Everything is falling by the wayside because our concept of measuring spiritual standard amen, is worldly, is carnal, is become materialistic. Check the scripture. So we've got to understand this dimension that God is building our day. That we're not captured, that we're not deceived, that we're not lied to, that we're not, you know, we're not giving in to the lies of the enemy. The Bible says they were all the believers, all the believers. If you're a believer, amen, you should be praying, God, give me one heart, give me one mind, amen, with the rest of the people. So that no one claims that what they, poss- what they possess was their own. But they shared, listen to this, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostle continued to testify to the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, and God's grace was so powerful at work in them all. In them all. Not few. Not just in the apostle alone. Everyone. This is the community that we're talking about, friends. I'm going to round up now because I can see my children will soon be arriving. I wish I could continue. But we're going to round up this first part. Maybe in the evening, we'll continue again. But this is something I just feel we need to continue to look into. We cannot build at random and we cannot build amen, with false understanding or inaccurate system. We've got to build amen, in the way the Father is demanding. This is the day of the restoration of the tabernacle of David. We want to track the life and the spirit, the system called David. We want to be able to receive the kind of spiritual resource and capacity to build that which will allow God, amen, to come. Because whatever we build, like I said, must be inhabited not just by people, but by God. If God cannot inhabit our house and we've got 50,000 people, it's a matter of time before everything gets scattered. Every man to your tent. So we want to track the heart of God. We want to continue to track the mind of God and build in accordance to his desire and design. So hopefully maybe in the evening, I'll come again and do you know, the part two of this. But I hope you've been blessed so far with the things I've shared with us uh, this afternoon. Thank you so very much for you know, tuning in, for being part of this uh, broadcast. I really appreciate all the men of God and everyone that you know, joined. Thank you so very much. Hope to see you in the evening if the Lord permits me. Thank you. Bye-bye.